let's get down to this. This is actually week two of our brand new series called Note to Self. This was a series I started two weeks ago, and we were in the main service preaching it. And then um, I had a little bit of surprise last week. Pastor Matthew Ackman came and preached the house down. He did an incredible job uh, preaching about the war before the promise, and it was it was incredible. But week one, I talked about because um, this this series is based off of self image. So we were originally going to talk about self image, and I want to keep that track going. But also, it's not just about what, what your self-image is. It's also about who you genuinely are. You're not just mirroring something. You are something. You're not just mirroring something else. You are that thing that God created. You're not just trying to mimic. You are how God made you. So, so the first week I talked about going back to the image of God. I called it back to the image. And I talked about how when you're feeling the self-doubt, when you're feeling inadequate, when you're feeling self-insufficient, when you, when you feel like you're not good enough, all of these things that when you beat yourself up and you tear yourself down, I have to teach myself to go back to the image of God. Because when I go back to the image, I remind myself who I am and what I have. And so that's what I talked about the first week is going back to the image of God. Week two, like I just said about worship, this is a personal message. Not, not just for me. This is for every single person in this room because this is a very important message to obtain. So if you're not taking notes, take them. If you're not paying attention, pay attention. Because this message, I believe, can get personal if you let it. It can get personal if you really receive what the Lord's trying to tell you. So I want you to pay attention and keep your ears open and your heart ready to receive what the Lord has to say. For week two, the title tonight for week two of Note to Self is with a child's heart. With a child's heart. Um, obviously, I was homeschooled, so I can't really, I can kind of talk about this because I was technically in school, but I can talk about it. So have you ever done a project and you thought you did an incredible job, maybe like a science project, and you did so well, you, like, you made that thing, whatever the project was, it looked magnificent, proud of yourself and everything, and then all of a sudden the teacher gave you a bad grade on it. Have you ever had that before at all? So like, so like I did this one time, we, it, obviously I was homeschooled, so like if my mom gave me a bad grade, yeah, that felt a little bit worse, but we had a co-op group. We had a homeschool group at a different church. And what we did was, was we created, I forgot what type of contraption it was. And most of the time we had fun with the science projects. We didn't have to grade anything. We put, we put like a memento, uh, is it mementos, mementos, throwing it in a Coke bottle and watching it like shoot to the sky. It was the coolest thing ever. But one of the things, one of the, the last thing of our semester when we were doing the homeschool group was we had to create a contraption and we, and he was going to grade it. So me, I'm just, I'm building this thing and I'm getting it together, right? I'm just forming it together and it's looking amazing. It's, it's like my best piece yet. It looks fantastic. And when he started grading everybody, at the end, we were supposed to go pick up our papers that he graded because he, he put on a paper or whatever. And when, when he graded everything and when he put everything together, when I saw in my head, my expectation was I'm going to make at least a B plus. That's my, that's my mindset right now. That's where my process is. If it's not that good, I think it's an A plus plus. But if it's a B plus or at least a B plus plus, cause I think like that for some reason, B plus plus, I'm fine with that. But he brings the paper 
and I got a C minus. And I thought to myself, you know, I know you're probably not supposed to do this in public school, but I challenged my teacher. I was like, you, this should not be a C minus. This should not be a C minus. This should not be. Why are you making this so much lower than it's supposed to be? Like, like I made, did a really good job on this thing I created. Like, look at it. It looks sick. And he's like, no, you didn't do this. And da, 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 da. I didn't follow the instructions, basically. I didn't follow the instructions. I just did what I thought I knew to do was good. And so I built all this, and, and he's like, oh, it's a C minus, all that stuff. And I'm just like, and I went home disappointed because I formed this thing, and I created this thing. And I did a really good job on this thing. And he gave me a C minus. I'm like, bruh, that's like, that's C minus minus. I want to be plus plus. Why did you give me that? Why did he grade it lower than what I thought it was supposed to be? And in a spiritual sense, why are you grading yourself lower even though God created you? I want y'all to pay attention for a second. Why would you put yourself lower? God created you. He formed you. He knit you with his own hands. So if he did that, why have you been created just to beat yourself up and put yourself to the ground? Let that marinate. Why would you let, pay attention, pay attention to me. Why would you let God do all of that for you? Yet you beat yourself up to a pulp. Nobody cares about me. Nobody really, nobody really sees me where I'm at. I feel like a failure. I feel like a loser. I feel like an idiot right now. Why are you beating up what God crafted? Why are you pushing down something that God put inside of you to be magnificent? So, this is what it shows me. So, I'm talking about with the child's heart, right? That's what we're talking about tonight. But some of us in here don't have a child's heart. We have a cynical heart. We have a heart of cynicism that has been disrupted and destroyed by the world. So now we live our life. We live our life literally walking through day to day, depressed, defeated, depressed, defeated, depressed, downcast. And we live through this life because we have lived, because we have seen this life crush us to the bottom. And because of that, it has destroyed our child's heart. The Bible says that we are made in the image of God, but we're also children of God. So if I'm a child of the most high, that makes me know, that helps me to understand that I have a child's heart. But because this world brings things that, that you don't ask for, expect, or even imagine, it creates a heart that you didn't intend do you constantly criticize or beat yourself down? The key indicator that you have a value problem is that you beat yourself up. That's how you know that you don't, you feel like you don't have value is when you tear yourself down. Y'all, even for the littlest things, I do the same thing. I do the same thing. I, I always self-criticism is the worst criticism. Nobody, you can tell me that the, that the, that the sermon was poo-poo trash. I don't care. I knew I was preaching to you. But when I speak to myself, when I tell myself that, it hits a bit different. But what's funny is, is that we will talk bad about ourselves all we want, but the moment somebody talks bad about us, we get defensive. Doesn't make sense. If you're already tearing yourself down, why are you so afraid of people telling you what you think is obvious? 
So, so there's a cynical problem in your heart for this. And I want to encourage you tonight. God wants you to have a child's heart. If you believe in Jesus in this room, if you trust the Lord, if you serve him with your life, then you are able to have a child's heart, but you can't have it while you're living in cynical ways, in dark ways that have destroyed your heart. It has destroyed your will to be joyful. It has destroyed your heart to be kind. It has destroyed your heart to be at peace when anxiety is trying to rush over you. You have lost that because the world has crushed your heart. Whether it's, whether it's an event, whether it's a disappointment, whether it's a relationship, whatever the case may be, you have been broken by what the world has thrown at you. And God is saying tonight, he wants you to take back your child heart. Not childish heart, not bad behavior. That's immaturity. That's not child heart. A child's heart is something more tender, loving, and soft compared to a cynical heart. So I want to start this tonight. And I want you to understand that a child's heart knows certain things. And it's like, okay, if how do I know that I have a child's heart? How do I know that I'm a child of God? This is a message about being a child of God. I'm talking about your heart. I'm talking about your motive. But I'm also talking about what your identity is, your label. Because you've been labeled a couple of things through this life. Even as just a teenager, you've only lived a couple of years, but, you know, 12, to 14, 18 years. And you're already being labeled by things. You're already put in a category at the age of 14. You're already put in a category. You're a sports person because you play sports. Oh, you, you do music stuff, so you're a musician. Oh, you play in theater. You're weird. Like, they put you in categories. They literally put you in categories for these things at a young age. So now you're labeled with something. The moment I became a youth pastor, that was my label, but it's not who I am. A child's heart knows things compared to what's been labeled to them. I want to show you three things of what a child, a child's heart actually knows. And I hope that you can relate to this, marinate on it and become this because you can by prayer, by spending time with the Lord, you will be able to so, you will let the Lord soften your heart so that you can have a child's heart. Point number one, a child's heart knows who made them. A child, a child of God, a child, if you are a child of God, if you identify as that, if, you, if that is who your image is, what your image is, then you know who made you. We say all these things of like, you know, I had a, I had a music teacher, so now I, I was made a musician. So that's, they made me basically. Or like th this person gave me an opportunity, so they made me to this point. But when it comes to who you truly are, you are made in the image of God. You are, you, cause if you know you're made in the image of God, you know who God is. Cause you can believe in God. Listen, y'all, this is the dangerous part about religion. You can know who God is. No, no, no. You can believe in God. You can say, oh yeah, praise Jesus. But do you know him? Do you know who God is? Do you really know? Or do you just come on a Wednesday and it's a normal and you just put Jesus glitter on it? And you just say, cause, cause you're trying to impress this girl. Yeah, girl, I'll go to church. I go to church. Listen, y'all, we have to know who made us. You have to know. Psalm 139. I love this because David is 
is self-affirming himself by glorifying God. He is basically, he's basically encouraging himself of who he is by glorifying God. Watch this. Psalm 139, 13 through 14. You made all the delicate inner parts of my body and knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your worksmanship is marvelous. How well I know it. How well I know it. David is explaining and saying that he is thankful for what, how God made him. He didn't just slap God in the face and say, I want to be this way. God, you didn't do it right. God, I'm not supposed to be this joyful. I got to be a little bit cynical because they're going to laugh at me because I have the joy of the Lord. God didn't make you that way. And if you are carrying the opinions of others, you have the wrong image. Listen to me. You have the wrong image if you are constantly looking for the approval of people. If you're looking for the approval of people, you have lost your sight of who you are. You have lost your sight. And some of you in this room can't even fathom that because you're so in yourself that you can't receive what God says about yourself. And you're locked in this place of despair and you cover it. And you cover it. And it causes dysfunction in your life. David, in verse 14, put it back up. He literally says, thank you for making me so wonderful. David was glad with what God made. Are you? I like me, dude. I appreciate how I look. I'm not talking about just your appearance. I'm talking about that child's heart that's supposed to be there if you believe and know Jesus. That's what you're supposed to know. Why is it that we have lost our will to be like a child of God and have captured everything else in this world? Why can't we be like David where we say, Lord, thank you for what you have done and how you have made me? He's affirming himself, not in self-indulgence. He's not, he's not self, he's not, he's not just like in pride of like, man, I, I'm, I'm the best. No, he's not in that stage. He's looking at himself the way God sees him. That's why he's saying, thank you for making me wonderful, because he's not looking at himself the way he sees himself. He's not looking at himself the way others look at themselves. He's looking at himself the way God told him. Let that sit. God wants you to know who you truly are. And it's wonderful and it's amazing. And it's the way he's made you that's made it so beautiful. But you have taken everything else and you have cupped it in and said, this is who I am. When none of that is you. None of that is you. I can, I can prove it to you. You have this, 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 this expectation in your heart and you want to see the good in things. That's not a bad thing. But people judge you and call you naive. So guess what? Now you're labeled naive, not, not a hopeful giver, not a hopeful person. You're just a naive human being. That's labeling. You've been labeled by the world, by people who don't even get it because they don't even know themselves. They don't even know who they are, who they are. So they're just saying stuff out of their butt and just telling you, oh, this is who you are now. 
because I don't know who I am. I'm going to let that sit. So you got to be careful when people label you because you can see right through it if you have the discernment to know that they're just doing it because maybe they don't know who they are. Maybe they don't see what I'm seeing right now. So don't let a label destroy who you are. A child knows who made them. A child knows that they're made in the image of God. They understand. Point number two. A child's heart knows who their father is. It kind of lines up with the first one. But it's a little bit different. Let's go deep with this. 1 John 3.1 See how very much our father loves us. For he calls us his children. And that is what we are. But the people who belong to this world don't recognize that we are God's children because they don't know him. They don't know him. See, I want you to catch this first part in, 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 in I think it's, what is it, verse one? Is it right? Okay, I, I, it says three for, I was like, bro. See how much the father loves us. He calls his children and that is what we are. See, I have to know who I am And the only way to know who I am is to know who my father is. Because if I know who God is in my life, I can live in the image. I can live in the image of God. I can live in a place where I don't have to feel afraid because I know who my father is. And it's about, it's about him knowing what it is about me. That's knowing who your father is. Listen, some of y'all in this room are fatherless and motherless. Physically, you are fatherless and motherless, but I want you to know something. The Bible says that God is a father to the fatherless. And I want you to know something that God wants you to know who he is in your life because he has things that he wants to bring to you that are way more life-giving. It's a greater gift to have God in your life. And he wants to show you who you are. He wants to show you what he thinks about you. And if you would ask him that question, I think you would be, you would be surprised. Because some of you in here think, like, this is how God thinks about me. This is what God says about me. You are living under an assumption that you haven't even asked him yet. Why haven't you consulted him with what you're telling yourself? Come on, y'all. This is not, this is as simple as it gets. This is why we struggle. This is why we're such in a dark pit because we have a cynical heart. And we're living in a place where we're not seeing God because we have not put our faith in who He is. I know who my Father is. The question is do you genuinely know? Do you genuinely know? Because the moment that you know is the moment that you change. When you come to know Christ, when you come to know the Father, you change. I'm not talking about you change the way he made you. You change in ways that weren't of him to begin with. So there's a change to happen when you know who the Father is. I want to give a little bit of an analogy. The son or daughter of a king is a prince or a princess. These children are royal simply by nature of the family they were born into. So you look at all this royalty, like in England and all that stuff. If you're born in it, you are now royalty because they're, because you're born in it. 
So they, they can't, they can't, it's not just like they're born and then they got to do all these types of steps to get to the royalty. They're born in it. Listen to me, y'all. When you come to Christ, you are now born again in it. Because you have been separated because of sin, because of evil ways, because of dysfunctional lives. So when you come to Christ, you are now adopted into sonship with him. Do y'all get this? Because this is very, very important for you to understand. Because you are in jeopardy of your soul right now, and God wants you to know who you truly are so that you can stop being miserable. You're miserable because you don't know who you are. So you find it in things, you find it in places, you find it in people, and now you can't process it right. You can't find it, and God wants you to know that when you find him, you find life. The moment I realized that I was truly a child of God, this was three years ago, and I'm not going to get into detail because we don't have that type of relationship, but I will talk about it because it's very powerful. I was in a very, very bad depression for, for three or four months. This was when I first became youth pastor. Well, you're not supposed to struggle. No, well, then so you don't either. So if you struggle, then, then if you don't struggle, then pray for me. Because I was struggling in the first part of the ministry because I had an event that got me disappointed. And here's what happened. I questioned the event because I thought I heard from God. And then the event happened. So I questioned the event. I questioned God. And then I even questioned myself, did I hear him right? So what happens when you go through an event, you will start to question. The questions come like a tree branch. And it branches out into different areas. And I, did, and I didn't understand what God was trying to do in this moment. We all have an opinion about our parents. We all have an opinion about them. Some are great, some are bad. But I want to tell you something, what a true parent does. Because God has shown me what a father does. A father knows what's best for their child. They do. As a young kid, you're reckless. As a young kid, you're looking for adventure. When you're a kid, you don't want to do, you, you're not stressed about anything. You're just living life. That's what, that's what it was. For me as a kid, I wasn't stressing about bills like I do now. I wasn't stressing about all this stuff in my life where I'm like, just get out of here time now. I wasn't in that stress. I didn't get gray hairs when I was four. I was living life. I was living life to the, I was being, I was, but it wasn't until, it wasn't until I realized I was a child of God when I started to understand that the way that I thought God was speaking to me, it wasn't God speaking to me, it was pride. Thinking that I hear from God, because people do it all the time. When people say they hear from God, you got to be careful with that. Because there are some people that will say, God told me this, and the next day, oh, God told me that. you got to be careful with that, because those people are just trying to get you into a place where you submit to it, because God said so. Well, guess what? God speaks to me, too. So if he doesn't speak to me either, you can't tell me what needs to be done or in this ministry or whatever, because God already told me. So it's the same thing with this. I thought God spoke to me, and then it didn't happen. Two things could have happened. Two things. I could have drowned in that dark place and I wouldn't be where I am today 
I would have been in a dark, deep pit, in a depressed place, in a dark place, in a place that we don't talk about, in a place that you hide in life groups, a thing that you hide with your friend, from your, even your closest friends, and it's hidden. And it's hidden. And God showed me who I truly was in an event. God showed me who I truly was in an event. And it took me months because I thought God was mad at me. And I've talked about this before. If you're new here, I've talked about this a while back where I thought God was mad at me because that's how I saw other people treat me. Because you see the view of God the way people have treated you. It's natural tendency. If people are jerks, this must mean God's a jerk. If my, if my closest people in my life have rejected me, that must mean God rejects me. And so we label God by how people treat us. And so I thought God was mad at me. In the simple phrase, and I've talked about this before, he didn't even have, I already knew that he loved me and all that stuff. I've heard that a thousand times, but it wasn't until he told me, I'm not mad at you. I'm not mad at you. Let that sink in because some of you are in a deep place beating yourself to a pulp till you die. God is not mad at you. You're mad at yourself. Others are mad at you, but God's not. Why? Why isn't God mad? Why isn't he? I want you to know something that he showed me. I was like, what, God, why are you not mad at the things that I've done, the things that have happened to me? I thought that you were mad at me. That's why it happened. God said, I knew it was already going to happen. I knew that was already going to pass through. God God didn't cause it to happen. He didn't cause it to happen. But it passed through his hand for me to see who he was. Because there are things that we believe right now that God's going to wreck one day. There are belief systems that you have that aren't really of God, and God's going to wreck you one day with that one phrase to show him who he really is to you. That's how you know you're a child of God, is when you get wrecked by the thing that God lets pass through his hand to where you can see who he truly is and who you truly are. It changed my perspective when he showed me who I was. Y'all, if you want to know who you are as well, read the book. Read the Bible. You come on a Wednesday to hear this or to play with your homies or to, to do whatever when you come on a Wednesday. But if you would take the time, it's like, who am I truly? Then you read the Bible. You spend time with God. You take a moment to ask him, Lord, who am I? Until you get to that point, you will always stay stuck of asking, who am I? You will always stay stuck in a place asking, I don't know who I am right now. Because you can say, oh, I'm this and I'm that. No, you're not. That's just a figment. And if it dies, you're nothing anymore. If you think that you're this and that, and then it falls away from you, you have no identity. But when everything else fades away, the one thing that remains is being a child of God. The bottom line is you are a child of God. You're God's child. And if you would get to that point to affirm yourself in that place, you will always stay stuck trying to find affirmation in other places. Point number three, last one. And I'm closing on this. A child's heart knows how to walk in who they are. 
A child's heart knows how to walk in who they are. Galatians 3, 26 through 29. For you all children of God through faith in Christ Jesus and all who have been united with Christ in baptism have put on Christ like putting on new clothes. There is no longer Jew or Gentile, Gentile, which means the Jewish people were the chosen people of God and the Gentiles were outside of that. He says that's no longer slave or free, male or female, for all are one in Christ Jesus. And now you belong to Christ. You are true children of Abraham. You are his heirs. The promise of God, the God's promise to Abraham now belongs to you. We become sons and daughters of God through our faith in him, which causes us to walk out who he says we are. A lot of us will often seek attention from others that aren't really paying attention and we get thirsty and hungry for it. You are hungry and thirsty for the attention of others. That's why you act the way you act. That's why you do the stuff that you do. Because you're looking for somebody to fill that need. Because all of us in this room, whether you're introvert or extrovert, I don't care, I don't give a rip what you are. You want attention, not in a bad way. Sometimes we do it in a bad way with a good intention. But a lot of times we will miss it and use the attention and it'll be dysfunction. I've learned this in my life. And if you get to this point, thank God. The attention of others that don't really pay attention don't even compare to the attention I have from the Lord. You have the attention. So you're wasting your breath. You're wasting your time. You're wasting your energy trying to grab attention of other people that don't really pay attention when God is sitting right there waiting for you to give him attention. And he wants to you to know that his eyes are on you, that he wants to love you, that he wants to be with you, that he wants to take care of you, but he can't do it when you're looking everywhere else, when you're searching other places, when you're hooking up with other people, trying to find a need met because that's an attention that you're seeking. But it's not until you seek it from the Father where everything else doesn't matter anymore. And I've had to learn, y'all, that I don't have to do all of this dramatic stuff to get the attention of Jesus. He already sees me. He sees you. He sees you. And it's hard for you to hear that because maybe you're not seen everywhere else. And you're trying to reach it, and you're trying to get the attention, and you're trying, but you can't get it. So you keep trying, and you can't get it. You try to be loved, and you can't get it. You try, you try to make great friendships, but they reject you. You do all this stuff, and you're trying to grab attention, because when you get rejected, you go back again. And it's an ongoing drug. It's an ongoing drug of you trying to get somebody's attention that doesn't care about you. They don't care about you. God genuinely cares. God wants your attention because he cares. He cares about you, whether you know that or not, whether you believe that or not. He wants to take care of you, but he can't 
when your attention is on other people and other things, he cannot supply what he wants to supply in your life. Here's the application. Put your faith in God and take your place as his child. The application that I want you to put tonight is to believe that you are. Because you already are. But now you have to believe it. Now you have to put it into practice. Now it has to be your faith. I want you all to stand up as we close. I want to do it a little bit different. I want you all to stand up. And I want you to bow your head, obviously, and close your eyes. As we stand up and just in, in reverence for everybody else and in reverence for the Lord. I want you to take a moment right now as it's just you and the Lord. And I want, to take, I want you to take a moment to reflect as you're in a moment with, with the Lord. Tonight, choose to put your faith in Him. Choose tonight because guess what? Being a child of God is obviously an experience, but it's also a choice. Because you have two sides. You have a child's heart, but because of the fallen world, you have a cynical heart as well, a sinful heart. And both try to dwell in the same place. And obviously one is ultimately better than the other because that one is a lot more life-giving. That's the one that is more vibrant in your life. That is more significant and satisfying. Everything else in your life fades at the end of your life. But God is there standing waiting for you. Because when everything else fades, when the, when the talent fades, when the friends fade, when all of these things that we idolize fade, God remains. God stays with you because he has not let go of you because he has created you and formed you with his own hands. He took time to make you. When we put our faith in him, we, be tr we truly become his children. Just reflect for a moment. Reflect on what Lord, what am I doing that's causing me to not have a child's heart? What am I seeing? What have I experienced that has brought me away from you? Has it been an event? Has it been the things of this life that have caused too much pleasure? Or is it just the things of me that I doubt myself about? Lord, I need you to reflect in me tonight. You need to ask him that. Because what he has for you is greater than what anybody else will give you. And he's in this moment right now. He is waiting on you. He's waiting on you. And you have locked the doors of your heart. It's time to open the door to him. Because he's not going to walk through the door if you're not going to let him walk through the door. He cannot show you who you truly are. It's nothing evil. It's, he doesn't want to judge you. He doesn't want to show you the bad parts because you already know the bad parts. You know the bad parts about you. That's why you do other things to get away from it. That's why you try to reach in other things and get the attention of others because you don't want to deal with that. You already know what's going on in your heart. You already know what you're dealing with. But God wants to show you who he made you to be. So reflect right now. Ask him this simple question, God, what do you see in me?
God, what do you see in me that maybe I don't see in myself? Because I want to have a child's heart, but I can't have it, Lord. If you don't come and show me and change me and re rearrange, Lord, my heart to where it's built towards you, just reflect. Lord, I pray as they reflect, Lord, I pray that you would show them, that you would show them who you are, that you would show them, Lord, who, they, who they're supposed to be, not all these things that they try to be for others, because it's not the real them. It's not the real person that you have created them to be. So, Father, we ask right now, Lord, that you're already working in it, that you are doing what you do best. Lord, you are interceding for us and you are showing us who we truly are and who we were created to be. That we don't have to run. We don't have to try and reach for these things, Lord. You have given us access. So why do we run towards things that don't matter? Lord, why are we getting tired to things that, that don't even care about us to begin with? Lord, why are we reaching? when you are just two feet away from us, when you're right there in our midst, reaching out to us. Lord, I thank you, Lord, that you are changing a heart tonight. That it's not, it's not just about, oh, I go to church and I get to heaven. No, I, Lord, I need to live for you because going to church does not signify my salvation. You do. Just being around a Christian circle doesn't solidify my salvation to heaven. You do. It's only by you, Jesus. By your blood, I am signified and sealed into the kingdom of heaven because I believe that you died and rose again. And I pray, Lord, that somebody in here will experience that same thing to know that you are for them and you want to be personal with them. You want to be personal with them. Lord, we thank you and we praise you, Lord, that we would change our heart, that you would change our heart, Lord. We can't do it by ourselves, but I pray that you would change our heart from a cynical one to a childlike one where we can be one with you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.